Hello, and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. I'm Harmony Harkema, and my co-hosts are Annie Carlson and Heather Gerwing. We are three ordinary homeschooling moms with nine kids ranging in age from early elementary to high school, and our homeschools are anything but Pinterest perfect. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, a new homeschooler, or just homeschool curious, we want to encourage you in your homeschooling journey and offer you practical tips and tools to make your homeschooling life easier and more fun. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to episode 23 of the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about homeschooling and marriage. We're so glad you joined us. Well, ladies, I am so glad that we are diving into this topic today. Uh, We're talking about how do we have a marriage, uh, have a healthy marriage, as well as homeschool our children. How does marriage play into those decisions and those dynamics? So let's start off with this question. How has homeschooling affected your marriage? We know that our marriages are going to be different uh, because we've uh, chosen to homeschool. So how has that played out in your home, Harmony? Well, um, I think it more impacted it at the beginning. Um, And it didn't really, I don't want to say it impacted my marriage relationship, but it was like making that parenting decision together because it is a parenting decision and you have to be, you know, unified in your, what you're going to do for your kid's education. So my husband was a little bit nervous at first and skeptical. I think he was thinking back to the kids that he knew growing up in the 1980s who, you know, like he called them, you know, the denim jumper crowd. And he was worried about our kids being socially awkward and things like that. But as time has gone on. And then he decided, I should say, he decided to trust me and say, okay, let's see how it goes. Because in the beginning, I was like, I just want to see if I can do this. And I had a vision for what kind of education I wanted for them. And I'm the former teacher, the one who's really passionate about education. So he was like, okay, I'll, I'll come along for the ride. And then as he saw them grow and change and has seen them really embrace and love learning. And then it's also seen the social benefits. So um, we don't have to you know, combat public school attitudes or what other people's kids um, are doing or saying, and I have to deal with any of that. And he has listened to colleagues and friends and siblings talk about challenges with raising their kids. And some of those were just, I think he's just relieved that we don't have to confront those issues. We deal with different issues, but not those particular issues. So it's become a unifying thing over time, but it did take a little while. When I'm thinking about this question, it's hard because I've been homeschooling We've been homeschooling going 11 years now. My oldest is in 10th grade. So it's really hard to remember what marriage was like before homeschooling entered, you know, our family dynamics because we've just been homeschooling so long. I do remember though in the early, the early days of homeschooling, just how hard it was being with little kids every single day and not having a break from them. And then expecting my husband to be the one that gave me that break, like kind of like tag, you're it. I've been with them all the live long day. It's your turn now. So I would say, you know, in the beginning, it was probably it was a hardship for our marriage, I think, just because it's it's hard work being home with little kids. And I have four kids within a span of five and a half years. So there was always a baby right when I was just starting out, like I had the little bouncy seat next to me when I'm trying to teach a kid to read. But it looks completely different now, right? Homeschooling is just it's a part of our lifestyle. And I would say even when we take the last two years into consideration with COVID, my husband has been home 99% of the his work time, like he's barely had to go in. So in that aspect, 
the last two years with him being home at first, it was a little, at first it was a little bit much to get used to having daddy work at home. Right. And then I just said, I want to say like just the family dynamics, how you work around things and work together as a husband and wife and as a family, like I think our marriage is stronger for it. Well, I know John and I have had those uh, education discussions, you know, what are we going to do? And, and John, really struggled in school, had a hard time, just felt like everybody was getting it before he got it. Um, And John is highly intelligent, but just a different kind of intelligence. And so he was probably more open to it than maybe a lot of other parents might be at first glance, just because he had struggled so hard. And he said like, oh, this will make learning easier for the kids. I'm all for it. So um, he didn't take as much convincing uh, as one might think. Um, he was pretty, pretty supportive of it. It is hard, like you said, Heather, when they're little. Oh, my gosh. There's only so many times I can sound out rat. <laughs> and then he'd come home and he'd want to, you know, roughhouse and have fun with the kids. And I would be like, oh, take them. I can't. And again, like you said, it's gotten so much easier. I think it would be really difficult to homeschool if you were not united in the agreement that that's what you were doing, even if one parent is not completely on board. And I've seen women post online and in different homeschooling forums about either having a husband who doesn't support the homeschooling and how difficult that is and how much of a strain on your marriage. And then I've seen the opposite where the husband wants the wife to homeschool and she doesn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of said, no, you need to do this. And so Mm -hmm. she's the reluctant homeschooler. And in both of those cases, there's a tension in your marriage. So I think it's being unified is really, really important for the homeschooling parent to feel supported. And then also for just buy-in across the board. Mm -hmm. For sure. Just with anything within parenting, Mm -hmm. unity between, you know, the parents is necessary for any, you know, successful outcome, I think. But going on those lines, when we started, Jeff, I would say was a little bit skeptical of me wanting to homeschool. And it was kind of like, oh, yeah, well, if you want to do kindergarten, you can do kindergarten. But we'll see about next year. And it was kind of like we we'd always take it on a year by year basis. But now he's the biggest supporter and cheerleader for homeschooling. I actually just met with a friend who started homeschooling during COVID and now was like considering whether she was going to put her kids back in school or continue homeschooling and how she said like, you know, her husband wasn't sure. And I was just like, have him talk to Jeff, (laughs) like, because he's just. He sees firsthand the benefits. And I think like you have both said, just the skepticism of it going in, but then they see the fruit of it along the way. Well, and I often talk with parents who are considering it. They've they've heard about it or they've seen my yahoos and think they want to try it. And they're not really sure. And I always tell them, decide on a timeline. And I said, you got to give it more than like a couple of weeks. I even recommend longer than a semester, go a full year. And then you're all in. You're not going to quit after two weeks. Like sometimes, like with anything, practice and finding a rhythm, finding a groove, but give it a year. And then you're both in for that year and you're both committed to it and you're both working toward it. And then after the year, you reevaluate. And John always tells people that we homeschool one year at a time for 18 years. Like that's his, <laughs> that's his plan. We're taking it one year at a time for mm-hmm. 18 years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we all have friends, our beloved Lindsay, where there just is a season or a time when 
you finished your homeschool journey and that you decide together as a family uh, to do something else. And so kind of having that held loosely on a year by mm-hmm. year basis gives you the freedom to say, I do have options or I do have other choices. Yeah, for sure. How do you, and this is a question we got from a listener. So listeners, if you have questions, feel free to either connect with us on social media or email us. And uh, we would love to answer those questions for you. And this is one that we did receive from a listener. How do you deal with feelings of resentment toward your working spouse who gets to do all the fun stuff? I would assume that's with the kids. And you have to give the spelling tests and math lessons, et cetera. Heather, how about you? How How do you and Jeff handle that? So again, going back to when like early years, when you're in the, you know, early years of marriage, early years of parenting, money's more tight, right? And I would be so jealous when Jeff would go out to like work lunches and I'd be like, what'd you get? (laughs) Because it was like, I was so jealous that he got to go to a restaurant, right? And eat food that he didn't prepare. What did you get? What did you talk about? What were they wearing? (laughs) No, I was all about the food. So literally what I started doing was like, I start putting money away from our budget for, for me to have like a lunch out every now and then, like, just because not like a date with him or anything else, but like, you know what, if I wasn't feeling making something that today, I was ordering myself Jimmy John's and having it delivered to my front door. And it just, it helped me not have that bitterness. And I know it probably sounds so petty now that I'm like listening to it, but that was one thing that I really struggled with. Like he got to go out to work lunches and go to restaurants and I didn't get to do that. I was feeding four kids every single day for lunch and dinner and breakfast. So amen, um, sister. And another thing, like I used to live for my favorite day of the year always used to be take your kids to work day. Cause I was like, bye, have fun. And I'd ship them all off with them. But no, I don't, I wouldn't say that like the fun things like really bothered me because we always did those as a family, even though I was, yes, the one doing the teaching and the administering of spelling tests or whatever. It wasn't like he did stuff with the kids, just him without me, unless I asked him to, because I wanted a break. We always did things as a family. I would say, and it was because I planned them or I, you know, orchestrated them. But no, I wouldn't say, I'd say that's pretty much where my resentment landed. Not that he got to do just the fun things with the kids because we always did those together. How about for you and Eli Harmony? I don't feel like I have a lot of resentment. My husband works in a job where he's, he works in a classified situation. And so he doesn't, he occasionally goes out to lunch or does something like that. But I've also found ways to carve out those kinds of spaces for myself and the girls. And so one morning a week, we go and get donuts or a bagel before piano lessons. And once in a while I take, I work from home. So I flex, you know, things out now and then I'll take them out for lunch on a Friday and they're home with me, but we're also mobile. So I don't feel trapped at home. And of course they're old enough. One Thursday afternoon a month, we go downtown to the library and I can sit and work in the sunny library with all of its windows and its lovely view of downtown. And they look for books and um, check things out. And it is, you know, something they really enjoy. So I don't feel that kind of frustration or envy. 
in our family, John works an alternative schedule. He works Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and that gives him four days where he works off the farm and then three days where he can be on the farm. And so Wednesday is his weekend. That's his Saturday. And so I try and cook a big breakfast that morning and then we get, you know, farm work done and stuff like that. Well, then Thursdays is a day I try and leave the house and go get some church work done. So I'll usually go to one of my churches and do some work there, do a visit, et cetera. And Thursdays can sometimes be have fun with dad days Mm. and they forget that they actually have work to do, like homework Mm -hmm. to do. And so sometimes uh, it's not so much me admonishing the kids as it is saying to John, um, remember that they have work to do. (laughs) There are math lessons to be done and those sorts of things. So just because of John's alternative work schedule, uh, he sometimes falls into, well, this is my weekend. I want to relax and watch YouTube videos. And of course, the kids are like moths to a flame, like, oh, dad's watching videos. So just kind of reminding everyone when I leave uh, for that day, remember, we want to have our schoolwork done. Um, They do usually, my kids do a pretty good job of, of using Monday and Tuesday to really buckle down. But sometimes a little, little uh, reminder to John that, yes, we are schooling and uh, we should get some stuff done. I think it's definitely, there's a mindset piece there because if you're choosing to homeschool, it's reminding yourself consistently of your reason for homeschooling. I love homeschooling. I think it's a lot of fun. I try to keep my vision for long-term education sort of in the front of my mind. Yes, there are stressful days. Yes, there are days where I'm like, oh, I wish I could leave and go to an office, but I don't really want to leave and go to an office. I don't ever want to go back to working full-time in a cubicle. So I have the benefit of being at home, working from home and being with them and watching them grow and play instead of sending them away from me. And that's something that I wanted. So, you know, in those times of frustration, I try to remind myself, this is like, I'm living the dream. I'm getting to do these things that I want to do. Having those reminders on the tough days when everybody's melting down over the math lesson and the macaroni and cheese has burned on the stove, like, why are we doing this again? Let's take a time out and, you know, reset and not to feel jealous of dad for leaving the house. Well, and I know families where dad teaches a subject or two Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and assumes some of that responsibility. Well, and John is your principal, right? Yes. John is the principal. (laughs) And sometimes just like in uh, traditional schooling situations, uh, the kids get sent to the principal. Usually it's over issues of, you know, just bad attitude. And I'm not going to argue with you about that. You can talk to dad when he gets home. Mm -hmm. Um, Then it's a little text to dad, like FYI. Uh, you're going to be need to talk to one of the kids when you get home mm-hmm. and they know this, like they know that they can, you know, dad will listen to them just this winter. They, all three of them went to him and they were like, dad, mom is giving us way too much work. We are not able to play. And they're just, it was a big sob story. <laughs> so John very diplomatically said, well, I'll talk to your mom. We'll figure this out. So he said to me, are you giving the kids like a lot of extra work? Because they are just convinced. And I was like, this is what they're doing with their time. So it's good that my kids felt they had an advocate in their dad. But also John had enough respect for me to be like, I'll go talk with your mom and figure out what's really going on. So there are some families, like I said, where where dad teaches a subject or two that can help take some of those feelings of resentment. And I think resentment breeds maybe in a subject or an area or maybe a stage of child development that you don't like. 
or you you don't feel comfortable in. And so sometimes resentment can build over science and math. Maybe you're not comfortable with those subjects. You don't really like them. And then that's where resentment can build. So I always recommend like taking just some time of self-reflection when uh, feelings of resentment for me start to build, like, why is this bothering me? Why do I have a hard time with this? And it may be that you don't feel comfortable with those subjects. And then that's where co-ops or tutors or online type courses or dad taking a course or two can help ease that frustration and resentment. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of dads teach math or help with math and science, mm-hmm. the the STEM areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think too, you know, a lot of us have a broader view of homeschooling that it's not just the academics. So like my girls, Eli works with them on archery and outdoor stuff and, you know, camping skills, outdoor skills, you know, various things around the house. And they love to help him and mm-hmm. do things with him. And it, that's also learning and relationship building. So in a way, when you look at your whole life as homeschooling, not just the academic subjects, and dad can come into those spaces that are his specialty area, that can be really rewarding for everyone mm-hmm. too. For sure. So how do we care for our marriages? How do we make them a priority when the kids are here all the time? (laughs) Who wants to start with that one? (laughs) I feel like I still, we still struggle with that. We've just now in the last six months have moved back to being your family. And so for nine years, if we wanted to go out on a date night or do something together, we had to find childcare. We didn't have grandparents to rely on or aunts and uncles or anything like that. And so I'm still trying to work myself out of that rut. I still have a hard time, even after being back in Michigan for six months with asking, Hey, can you keep the kids so we can go out to dinner or something like that to relatives? Because a big deterrent for us was always just the amount of money a babysitter cost, you know, mm-hmm. you're laying, mm-hmm. it's, it's a hundred bucks every time we want to go out on a date night or Absolutely. more, you know, and babysitters now want $10 an hour and they're not even changing diapers, at least here. Yeah. It's expensive to have, to have a sitter. So we, we have not been real good about building sort of that date night relationship. And I know that's not the only thing, but we do have, there are times when I just say to the girls, dad and I are talking. So leave the room. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll be here for you when we're done, you know, but it's even, they're just, you know, because they're here all the time, they want to take over every conversation or just come in and interrupt. And so it's trying to just carve out. And sometimes we can't, we can't even, we just look at each other and we're like, we'll give up. We're trying to talk, but it's not working, but it's important to have those little, even those little daily conversations, you know, and, mm-hmm. and pillow talk at night, you know, getting every, the kids into bed so that you have a little time together before the night is over. And that's hard. We're usually dead by the time we get them in bed. Yep. It's like ready to pass out. Kendra Adachi from the Lazy Genius talks about how she and her husband like sit for an hour and watch TV together. And I'm like, there is no way like we are, <laughs> we might make it 20 minutes. <laughs> Heather, I know your kids are a little older than mine. So how, mm-hmm. and mine are staying up later. Oh my word. How, how do we navigate that? It used to work. That used to work when my kids were little, put them in bed mm-hmm. early. And then we had an hour or two t- with each other. Now yeah. my kids are staying up later. What do you it, and Jeff do? Yeah, my kids, my girls are up later than us. So it's it's hard. But at the same time, so it, there's flip side, right? Because I was in the harmony stage where we didn't go on many date nights because we have no family near us. And like 
Like the only time we got sitters was when we needed them for like a work event, like work Christmas party and things like that. When like things that we had to go to were maybe our anniversary, we would go out to dinner. But other than that, it wasn't like we were going on regular date nights. We tried to do like date nights at home, put the kids to bed early and, you know, or let them watch a show in their room for 30 minutes and then go to bed while we make a meal or get takeout or something like that. But yeah, now in the evenings to try to have a date night at home, it's, it's impossible. They, they don't get the concept of like, we try to tell them like, we're on a date. Like we're not here. Don't talk to us. And it's just like, if they see us, we're there. Right. But we don't have to pay for a sitter anymore. So we can go out more. So we are going out more on dates, but then we run into the, we don't have to pay for this sitter, but we still have to get kids to everywhere that they need to be. And it really like when basketball season was in full force, there was just not one night a week where we could figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, But now we're like in a lull between basketball ended, soccer hasn't started yet. So March has actually been glorious. We actually even shipped our kids away to friends overnight, like all four of them. And we had 30 hours kids free and it was glorious. I know, I know. I dream Um, of it. Yeah. So it's like, we don't need the sitter now, but be with four kids and all the activities, it's hard. And then like another night this week, our church hosted a game night and we're like, bye, dropped him off. And we went out to dinner, like, like all four of you at church. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. (laughs) We just went around the corner to, to a restaurant and went to dinner. So yeah, but during the week it's hard. So we usually will try to connect on Friday nights. And even if it's just chilling on the couch and watching something together, just kids go to your rooms, go to bed, go do whatever. And then we just kind of unwind together. And then we also usually, we have this thing that we call prayer and plan. And usually every Sunday, we just try to take time to just pray together, look at the calendar, see who's taking which kid, which place at what day and what time, and just have that little connection. And even on Sunday nights, we'll tell the kids like, look, you're to your rooms early on Sunday nights. And we usually will have that time with just talking a glass of wine, just to kind of slow ourselves before the week starts. But Monday through Thursday, there's not a whole lot of marriage coming first. (laughs) Yeah. For John and I, same, same thing. There's not a whole lot of places to go. Mm. So the, the nearest restaurant that serves an evening meal is 25 minutes away. So there were many years where there was no dating because we couldn't afford a babysitter and there were no close restaurants to even, you know, leave the kids home alone for an hour. Now, like you, our kids can stay home, which is great. Uh, but then they're also up later. And mm-hmm. so we have friends who store their camper at our place. Um, we have some storage available and they park their camper there. And so in the summer it's here and plugged in because they'll come hook up during uh, for a weekend or whatever. And then they'll bring it back and park it, plug it back in again. And so John and I will often have midweek date nights in the camper. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I bought a charcuterie board like with a little drawer with cheese knives and stuff in it. It's an, and that is the date night charcuterie board. And so I'll put some stuff on it. Like sometimes it's just clean out the fridge night, but other times I'll, I'll buy something cheese or meats or something and fruit and, and we'll just go sit in the camper and we'll turn the air conditioning on the hour before we go out there. And, and we tell the kids like, don't come to the camper. 
Like, unless somebody's bleeding around fire, we're having a date night. So that's just our little kind of away spot. Mm -hmm. And especially in the summertime where we're so busy on the farm and we're working dawn to dusk. And it's just nice to be able to say, time out. We're going to go to the camper where it's air conditioned and we're going to connect with just the two of us. That's fun. I wish I could have my camper on our our property. Probably the last question I have for us in this marriage episode is how do we as homeschool moms foster good relationships with the father in their lives? He, I don't, I don't want to say he doesn't know the kids as well as I do, but he doesn't, he's just sheer amount of time. He doesn't spend the same amount of time with them. And so he'll say something about, oh man, did you know this? And I'll be like, uh, yeah, it's been a while. So, uh. How do we foster good relationships with our kids and a dad who's not with them as much as we are as the homeschool mom in the family? I think for one thing, it's good to get out of the way. I don't know. I tend to sometimes think if I go to go take a couple hours away from myself to do something to write or shop or visit with a friend or whatever, to remember that that is also quality time that they're getting with their dad. And there are also times we have different days off of work, Eli gets all the government holidays and I do not. So on those days we've made it efficient. Like those are dad, we call them dad day. It's a dad day and they go to the zoo and out to lunch or somewhere and do something together. And I deliberately don't take that day off work. I stay out and let them have their own space with him. And I encourage them to just, you know, they're, they're also, I think my girls are, you know, they're big talkers and they want, they can't wait for him to get home every afternoon and tell him all the things that have happened all day long. So you know, mm-hmm. staying out of the way in a in a sense has been a good way to scaffold them having their own relationship with him and not having to be involved in everything. Like I don't go out and shoot bow and arrow with them. I don't go out and shoot the BB guns with them. I let them just do that because it's fostering that connection. John and I would often go fishing when we were dating and I like to fish. And when he started taking the kids, I stopped going fishing. That is you and dad time. Like you can, a mom does, like you said, Harmony, I can get out of the way. I do not need to go fishing. Mom does not need to be a part of every memory you make. And my kids even said to me, mom, don't you like fishing? I love fishing, but I also love for you to spend time with your dad. Yeah. I find I am the go-to person for them. I'm the default. Like my, it probably will show up on the recording tonight that my six-year-old came busting in here wanting something. And I'm like, you know what I'm doing? You have a dad in the house. He's here. Go find him. You know? So it's, it's good when you can get out of the way physically. And so they have to defer to him sometimes and try to make that, that happen. Have to go to him and find that he's just as good a parent as I am. He just doesn't, Mm -hmm. he just isn't here all day and doesn't do the homeschooling. So. Right. I would say here um, in our house too, Jeff isn't like a planner in the sense of like planning things to do. It's not on his radar to, Hey, let me plan to do something. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to take the forethought to, to do that. So I have done that where I'll say when the girls were little, I found like the local theater was putting on, you know, a beauty and the beast or something like that. And instead of me taking the girls to see that, I'm like, oh, that would be a great thing for your dad to take you to. And so I would plan it. I'd buy the tickets and I'd be like, here, you're going to go do this. Last year, I planned a camping trip 
for him to just take the boys camping on. And that was a little self-motivated because my girls were away on a retreat. So I had the house to myself, but still it was good quality time he was having with his boys. Um, I definitely agree with like getting out of the way and just letting them have their time with the dad. But I also do take the initiative to help plan things for him to have that connection time with him, like things like outside of the house, because that just doesn't happen naturally. Well, I think we have shared a lot of our own personal story and some really great tips and tricks. Before we end every episode, we ask, what is bringing you joy to your homeschool? So Harmony, I'll start with you. What's bringing your homeschool joy? Well, we joined the local botanic gardens here. We belonged to the one in Memphis. And so it's Frederick Meyer Gardens here. And we've just been really enjoying getting over there and seeing the outdoors and taking advantage of of that park setting. How about you, Heather? What's bringing you joy? Well, this week, the week that we are recording this episode is the last week in March. So it is spring break here in Michigan. So spring break is bringing me joy. So we're, we've taken a break from our homeschool work as well, just because all my kids activities are also paused. So we're making a fun week of it. We went ice skating today. Tomorrow, we're going to a community center. Wednesday, we're going to go swimming. So we're just having a fun week, taking a break off. And for us, um, my reluctant reader has fallen in love with the Wild Robot books. And it took her quite a while to work through the first one. And then she's like, Mom, did you know there's a second one? And I said, yes, I did. And so I was able to request that through our interlibrary loan. And that came last week. And she started in with it right away. And I almost started crying. So that is definitely bringing me joy is having a reluctant reader love and be excited about a book coming in. Again, I'd like to remind you, if you're listening and you have questions, we would love to answer them just like we did in this episode. So thank you all for joining us and we'll see you here next time. You've been listening to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find links to all the books and resources we mention on the show at our website, therelatablehomeschoolers.com. We would love to hear your homeschooling questions. You can email us at therelatablehomeschoolers at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Relatable Homeschoolers. We'd love it if you leave a rating and review for us on iTunes. It only takes a minute and we'll ensure more homeschooling mamas get to hear our show. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, happy homeschooling schooling.